It's a real thrill to be down here. Of course, this uh, intersection with the Pacific Junction Hotel is like a real uh, action-packed media center now that the Globe and Mail, right across the street. Ah. Have you noticed? It's right over there. They're moving there? They're already inside. They moved last December. That is the Globe and Mail Center. See, you don't look up. No, I'm always looking. You don't see these things. In fact, the other night on Twitter... Uh, Mark Warner, uh, a lawyer and, and commentator, he's, he's got a bit of a reputation for being a crank. He, he was complaining about the lights on the top of the Globe Mail building. He has a, a condo in the distillery district, and he was he's oh. trying to get the Globe and Mail to dim their lights. Like, what what is this? This vanity media where, where they can't turn them down at night? They I have thought, to embed the Globe and Mail's logo into everybody's brains. So Coke is still there. I yeah, knew, Coke, I Coke, Coke moved in to a building that was originally the Toronto Sun. Yes. Right? The whole building, printing presses and everything. As a little kid once, I had a tour there uh, to see how a newspaper was made. Hmm. Uh, an early exploration into how the media business works. And and there are uh, many times over the years, but the the space that the sun took up kept getting smaller and smaller, right? And there's mm-hmm. a no frills in there, and then Coca Cola right. took up a bunch of space. And by by the time the Toronto Sun moved out of there, and Post Media had taken it over, I think it was only like okay. one or two little rooms, just just a few cubicles of people pecking away. They they got rid of all the staff, so uh, the Toronto Sun isn't there anymore. It's now a Scotia Bank. Scotiabank Innovation Center, yes. right? Did you Where the see photos of that? Yes, yeah, I've make sure. Pictures. You know, you, you can't have innovation without foosball tables and skee-ball. Uh, <laughs> is there a full-fledged bowling alley? I was told there's a bowling I think it's a mini one. I don't think, okay, it, I don't think they it's... They have all the machines to keep people caffeinated, all hopped up on banking innovation. So it's weird. That's what replaced the Toronto Sun. There's... The legacy of newspapers. There you for go. You. We're, we're all going to be working for one bank or another soon. <laughs> Live from Pacific Junction Hotel, Girth Radio in session. Hey, it's Marky, the editor in chief of 1236, Toronto's daily lunchtime tabloid. Toronto's one and only news burrito, which uh, comes out every weekday in the form of a newsletter at 12.36 p.m. Thank you so much for coming. I really appreciate it. I, this has been fun already. We've been here for like five, ten minutes setting up, and this has already been a blast. Okay, well, uh, the Pacific Junction Hotel, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. This is where you do the show. This is a real place. This, this, this is, is not like real. something of your imagination, right? No, where or other people's imagination. You're doing this from your basement, like Toronto Mike, <laughs> and you're you're pretending that that you're you know happening in a, a downtown joint where mm-hmm. where people are having fun, moving around. Uh, happy hours going on right behind us. This is this is quite a scene here. Yeah, it's it's fun and. Uh, you know, usually we we've got um, the, the panels behind you covered with really cool art, but we have uh, the raw Mike Richards show panels behind you. Uh, he's here, I think, every morning. I've been told. Yeah, he just started last week, right? Yeah. He he was uh, with TSN ten fifty radio on the mm-hmm. old ten fifty Chum, um, and uh, had a whole dramatic exit from uh, the radio station. 
and Bell Media now going out on his own. So something different, and uh, the more independent ventures, the better, I think. You know, okay. people have been talking about this new age of media. Uh, how many of them have, have actually stepped out and, and made something happen? It's, it's still early days. Yeah. Now, you've been involved uh, in media for, for quite some time. Yeah, uh, uh, 30 years, going back to when I was in high school and hooked up with CIUT, University of Toronto Radio, radio Station, station. Yeah. Uh, which which went on the air. It, it got its FM license 30 years ago. So you were on the air broadcasting back then? at the time? I was. Because nice. everything fell apart at the station. <laughs> like three months into it, they realized that the... Uh, station manager had been cooking the books oh my and uh, lied about a bunch of things. I, I, it's 30 years later. I've never gotten a full explanation of what was <laughs> happening there. So they had a whole infrastructure set up for 15,000 watts of community radio from the University of Toronto campus. Now, in comparison, what is 15,000 watts compared to, I don't know, 680? What are they at? Do you know? Uh, well, it, it meant in the case of, of CIUT, 89.5, they yeah. used to say from... Barry to Buffalo, Kitchener to Coburg. That's that massive. was their tagline. Wow. I think they still use that, but does it really matter anymore yeah. when you can stream online? Fair enough. Fair right? Enough. How far the but transmitter back then. went. Back then it was a, a really big deal, right? Up against yeah. CKLN, which was coming out of Ryerson. Remember CKLN? Did yeah. Listen, point, that's the right? original 88.1, uh, uh, right? The Fantastic Voyage, uh, Saturday afternoon with mm-hmm. Ron Nelson. That was their most famous show, the original Toronto hip-hop radio show. Wow. Uh, that all happened in the, in the mid to late 80s. CIUT came along yeah. trying to do something different. A little more professional, okay. uh, but but it all it all fell apart really quick. Like uh, a whole dream that uh, a bunch of people had just kind of shattered into pieces. Mm-hmm. And there I was, fifteen, sixteen years old, uh, uh, still in high school, of course. Um, and I was I was happy to do whatever. I took over the music library. <laughs> um, I I had my own show three hours a week. I could have done a whole what, lot more. What, what kind we're of just, show were you doing? Uh, it was originally the premise was uh, just to play music and, and okay. try and make it consistent with the sound of the radio station, right? Okay. But but over time, I I started to uh, connect with more people in that environment. Yeah. Um. And, and we created our own our own version of a a morning radio. Zoo, right? With okay. with all sorts of eccentric characters, um, and it meant you know a, a whole lot more talking, and and gradually I think a, a contempt for anything that was alternative or underground, um, uh, leftist politics. I, I knew back then that really wasn't my thing. Uh-huh. So in fact, uh, I, I was something of a subversive there, okay. right? Bringing my own spin. Uh, to the whole thing yeah, yeah. in this environment where you know every everything was 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 considered uh, very important, self serious. You know, if if you were involved in campus community radio, you were there with some sort of mission. Um, I couldn't see it that way at all. Okay, uh, that that you were just the, there for fun. Those weren't my politics. Uh-huh. That wasn't my background. Yeah. I I didn't see myself as. Uh, using the airwaves to represent the downtrodden. Sure. Yeah, I I, I just like the, the absurd. And, yeah. uh, you know, a lot of that really meant um, trying to do what was, what was essentially like a meta-commentary on commercial radio. 
Okay. I became obsessed with mainstream commercial radio while doing this campus community radio show. Interesting. I would listen to it all all week. I would devour everything that they were doing, and then I would get my own turn on the airwaves (laughs) on the weekend. It It would be my spin on what was happening. So it was pretty much a precursor to, to what I'm doing today. Back then, I had no idea uh, that, that any of this could be any kind of career. Um, Were you a radio critic? A radio critic within the confines of radio, uh, uh, to some extent, that was part of it. Okay. Um, and, and then when I had a chance to break into writing, mm-hmm. uh, the thing that motivated me the most was the idea, yeah, of writing about radio, writing about the uh, Artists that I heard on Top 40 Radio. Okay. That became the, the ah. thing that I covered back then in iWeekly. Yes, So I yes. wrote about the radio. Okay. Um, and I, I felt at the time that, you know, part of, of uh, my calling was actually to be on the airwaves, right? To, to be one of those guests who was always, like, showing up. Okay. Uh, part of, of the party, right? You, you, <laughs> you, you turn on the station, whatever it was, and there would always be these different characters hanging yeah. around. Uh, I, I wanted to be one of those people. And uh, at, at least for a time, yeah. you know, I gave, gave it a pretty good shot. Um, but, did you have a character's name? Like, did you have, like, a, a stage name? Or was it no, just No, no, it was just me, the okay. guy from the alternative <laughs> newspaper um, who had something to say, but I'm not sure that I did such a great job of articulating <laughs> it either. I think, I, I mean, I, I think I also like lacked uh, a, a certain sort of uh, decorum, you know, uh, restraint. I, I mean, I don't know. I just, I just thought, you know, all this was there. I grew up dreaming about it. I, I wanted to be a part of the big show, yeah. whatever it was. Uh, here was a, a Toronto media scene, mm-hmm. right? That I that I uh, devoured as a, a sort of a s- suburban outcast, um, and I just wanted to be a part of it, whatever whatever it took. Yeah. Um, and you know, here we are, like thirty years later, mm-hmm. and I'm still trying. I'm still I'm still <laughs> looking for that break. I still want to figure out uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, how I can put my own spin on 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 on, on what I see, yeah, and, and and bring something different to to, to the mix. So it yeah. doesn't it doesn't mean superseding what what anybody else is doing. You know, as uh, as the years go by, you know, I don't want to I don't want to undermine anyone. I don't want to you know ruin anybody's life. I don't want to put anybody out of work. Uh-huh. You know, I, I just want to have fun, sort of mixing things up based on 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 what's going on out there and uh, look how much it's changed in 30 years right absolutely so i'm the one who subscribes to a thousand podcasts because this is the greatest thing to ever happen this is what i i could not have dreamed right as a 15 or 16 year old of Uh of this day where where i'd walk around with this device in my pocket and i'd have access to all this stuff so uh, you know uh whether it's uh, podcasts or Twitter or Facebook, you know, I'm I'm I've been on board with all of it uh, mm-hmm. as as it's come along. You know, I, I've I've got to pick my battles here. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's only 24 hours in a day, um, but but to me, yeah, this is paradise. This is the the the, the greatest time this ever. Is the golden age. Yeah. The thing is, we have to figure out now how, how we're going to make a living from all yeah, of it. Ah, uh, yes, that's that's the. Uh... Sixty-four thousand dollar question. I think they they say at least. I, I at would least like to. <laughs> I'd like to at least get to that level. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, listen, you 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 start off with commentating on radio and stuff. Do you have any favorite 
um, back in the day, radio stations or radio programs that, you know, when you think back, that was like, you know, the romantic times. I'm curious. Well, 1050 Chum, that was a station that loomed okay. large in Toronto. Yeah. Um, and they had the big neon sign on uh, Young Street, south mm-hmm. of St. Clair. Yeah. Um, and, you know, just like the presence that that station had within the city. So, uh, you know, that that's that's what I knew. Once I got into uh, following what, what was happening in pop music, I mm-hmm. mean, I gave up on caring about sports at a certain age. And okay. it, it became, you know, all about consuming uh, the charts um, and the DJs uh, and 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 all the excitement, right? And and a lot of it was was just magic. It was illusion. It was you know somebody with a, a microphone, couple yeah. of turntables, and a little room, and and you know look look at all the power that, that they that created they... out of out of that little environment. You know, uh, hmm. it, it definitely appealed to my imagination because I. I, I not only became interested in the product that they were putting out there, I wanted to know more about, about what was making it happen, right? So from there, I, I wanted to know who the players were in the background. Hmm. How does a song become popular? How, how does okay. something become you know, big enough to show up on the radio station? What's the relationship between you know, what I'm hearing on the radio and, and, and what's selling in the retail stores? So there would be you know, uh, trade magazines, billboard charts, of course. You'd oh, get wow. into following things like this. Um, you devoured learning those. About, yeah, learning about how it all put together and, and also the gossip. The behind-the-scenes stuff, right? Who was being hired and fired and ah. uh, who, who was uh, fighting with one another, you know, who, who was having an affair. Um, there was enough going on in, in the Toronto print media uh, through the Toronto Sun, the Star, uh, the Global Mail, Now Magazine, mm-hmm. uh, other publications that were out there that you, you could sort of uh, figure out on your own, even even if it wasn't entirely accurate, mm-hmm. uh, what was happening, you know, how it all worked, uh, how it all was was put together, um, and, and what what made the media tick, right? Who, mm. who were the people and the personalities be, behind what you were hearing? So in a relatively short period of time here, we're talking, you know, early to mid-80s, this became my area of expertise. Yeah. It doesn't mean I knew what I was talking about. Sure. It meant that it was there an interest was of yours. enough yeah. out there in terms of radio and television, um, movies, magazines, and, and books – uh, that that I could you know constantly consume 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 just just endless mm-hmm. bits of useless information uh, <laughs> entertainment that was uh, you know for the most part based in Toronto yeah even though there was a lot of worship about what was going on in in New York in L A um, Saturday Night Live David Letterman. Howard Stern, yeah. uh, Mad Magazine, Spy mm. Magazine. There, there were these influences, the, these totems that, that to this day, right, are, are big influences in everything that I'm doing. SCTV, wow. a show that was produced in Toronto. Yeah. Uh, Edmonton for a time, but uh, you know, mainly uh, Toronto production. Um, that, that, that was the canon. That was a thing that, that I watched over and over and over again, memorized every single episode. Mm-hmm. 
And to this day, those references, I guess, keep keep turning up. Now, it, it might date me. It might seem like I'm living in the past, right? That, that a lot of things that went on in the 1980s, there, yeah. there, there is for now. We also have to recognize that times have changed sure. and society has transformed and you know priorities are different than they were mm-hmm. 20 or 30 or 40 years ago. But yeah. you know I can't turn back the clock and – uh, revise the the things that influenced me. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I hang on to those things, right? Okay. Those are those are the reference points for everything I I do and everything I I believe in. So, you know, uh, I don't know. It, it 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 was all about the media. Okay. Uh, that was everything that that I was interested in, and nice. and, and I think it reflects in, in what I'm doing now. You'll have to be the judge. Was was there a, was there a point when you were a kid? Like, did mom or dad give you a uh, a transistor radio for Christmas or your birthday or something like that, that you fell in love with this, this medium? Yeah, or... I, I, maybe if I had memorized a story that I could tell you, <laughs> it would you know sound <laughs> a lot more mythological than it was. I don't know. My parents were uh, really dialed in. Uh, okay. My, my dad most of all, but my mother was uh, along for the ride and and uh, i uh, i think he he wanted me to mm. be a part of it all right it was really his dream and desire ah. to be some sort of loudmouth on the radio um so You're living his dream now i i guess but <laughs> look um we're in a whole different century oh so for sure. i think that uh what i've been able to do is 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 adapt enough mm-hmm. that I can still be in it today and relevant yeah uh, trying my best well I think you I think locally I mean I I don't know I think but for me I think locally you 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 very much are um you know first I thought okay maybe this is just a guy that Mike knows Toronto Mike uh but then I've seen other people tweet your stuff and say man if you're not subscribed to this newsletter you're missing out on what's going on in Toronto you know, so um, I, I think you're dialed in for sure. Okay, but I had to go through so many oh, yes. different iterations. It wasn't an to overnight get to this right? point. <laughs> yeah, I had to uh, uh, take on like a dozen different jobs. Yeah. in online journalism. Tell me about the Toronto Star one. Like, how did that get started? Yeah, that was uh, 2005. Okay, 2006. Yeah, so not so long ago. Well. I mean, look at <laughs> look at all the young millennials on Twitter, right? They were like in junior high at mm, the time. Mm-hmm. The people that are powering these new platforms, you know, writing for uh, Vice or BuzzFeed Fair, or yeah. Huffington Post, you know, a lot of them uh, weren't even paying attention back then. How, no. how could they? Yeah, they had homework to do, <laughs> uh, and and they didn't really see things that way. So. You know, I I, I had a, a few opportunities along the way. Okay. Uh, around 2004, 2005, blogging became a big deal. Mm-hmm. Remember blogging? Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, the whole idea that there would be a, a bunch of bloggers out there uh-huh. who would who – would, uh, gang together to take over the the mainstream mass media now this this was a a very real fear right people were sitting in 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 giant newsrooms you know poking around online 
there's something happening here. Mm. What, what it is ain't perfectly clear. They, they, they thought that there was something that they needed to harness. So a lot of newspapers at the time, a dozen years ago, started doing blogs. Okay. And it was like, we'll, we'll have these scratch pads where <laughs> reporters can cut loose and get a little wild and, ah. and start typing what's really on their minds, you know, outside of the constraints of a, a column or a, a word count. Yeah. So the Toronto Star uh, was, was looking in this direction, and... I managed to get on their radar through things that I was doing on my own. Nice. Um, pretty much out of nowhere, after a couple of inquiries, uh, I get an email, you know, uh, subject line, things are happening here. It was an executive editor at the Star invites me in, tells me, you know, we, we, we want to do a blog. We want to do something that, that isn't just our people. We, we want to bring in somebody who... Who's got their ear to the ground, yeah, right? Who yeah. who understands this culture and community that that we keep hearing about, but we can't quite get a handle on. Uh, how about you just start it? Um, you figure out what it should be, how it should go. You seem to know what you're talking about. So you know, we came up with a name. It was URL paved dot C A P A V E D. That was sort of uh contrived by by a committee. Paved. All right. Um and you know, from there it was uh, sort of like time to turn uh everything I knew in, in into action. Hmm. Sponsored by the Toronto Star. But uh, here was a catch. Okay. Everything that went on at the Star was under the thumb of the Newspaper Guild, right? There were a lot of stipulations about what a Toronto Star staffer could and could not do. So this was sort of, you know, the tail end of a lot of collective agreements. I mean, this is what allowed people to 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 have, you know, robust careers in the newspaper industry, right? Okay. And have, like, you know, benefits and... Uh, savings and pensions and retirements, and all, yeah, retirements, all, all these things that that are now you know fading into the background. Even though you know the star still has a lot of older employees around, and, mm -hmm. and they've got to figure out how to how to pay their pensions and uh, until they disappear. Um, but but back then, yeah, a, a lot of restrictions on on what they could and and, and couldn't do. So it was like, okay, you know, you go, go home and, and do a bunch of blogging, and and you know, we'll put a link to it on the Star homepage. But we we can't really say that you work here, and it's like you don't even really seem like you want to work here. <laughs> like you represent something that's different from what's happening here. Even even though I would have been more than happy to get a respectable legitimate job like a newspaper column sure, right yeah you know that that was the goal that was the aspiration but mm -hmm. no you know they they kind of left me to my own devices mm -hmm. you know from there the the toronto star could have had their their own social media brand this whole paved thing mm -hmm. or if that name didn't stick they could have called it something else you know i was i was planting the seeds for something that could translate to uh, Facebook to Twitter to YouTube, mm -hmm. all these platforms that that might have been around in two thousand five, two thousand six, right? But they 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 barely just begun. Yeah. Um, 
if if you remember back then, right? YouTube started 2005, Facebook 2004, Twitter 2006, mm-hmm. and it didn't mean that they had a big user base sure, right off sure. the bat. Um, but, you know, at, at the time, what we had was blogging. We mm-hmm. had the idea that websites would would talk to one another. You remember this, right? Like, like you know, huh. different people would, would have blogs. Yes, And yes. you would post about what was on your mind, but then you would also link to other people. You yes. would have a blog roll in the sidebar. Yes, this is that. not such ancient history no, to you, right? No, I'm, I remember that. Okay, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm bringing it all back yeah. here. Um, and, and so in, in Toronto, here essentially I could be the king of the of the bloggers. Uh-huh. I could be the one person that, that, that was getting paid a relatively uh, respectable amount of money to sure. do this work, at least like what a junior newspaper person yeah. was being paid. Uh-huh. But, you know, because the, the social media thing had, had yet to take off, mm-hmm. because they were imagining something that didn't really exist, which was the idea that I, I could do something that would be popular simply as a result of being linked to on other people's websites. Mm. Because just putting a link in the corner of the Toronto Star homepage really didn't add up to very much, right? Newspaper homepages still to this day. Uh, if people even visit a homepage anymore, right? Yeah. You you scroll and scroll and scroll down all this junk, links all over the place. You know, you don't know where to look. You don't know what you're looking for. Very busy. You know, having a, a little link in the corner, you know, here here's our blog. Check it out. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of people were, were going to click on that, Fair. let alone figure out what they were looking at, right? Yeah. And, and, and know that they wanted to stick around. So uh, as a result, like traffic was was uh, kind of not happening. Mm. There weren't enough visitors to to say that this was something that they would want to invest in, and that was the end of that. Well, that was it. And then I asked them, "Well, can you give me some some other sort of job? You know, is there anything else that I might be good for here? Yeah. You know, can I just sort of uh, fiddle around with with the website? You know?" And they're like, "Well, we can't really do that. You you just can't come into the." Newsroom at One Young Street, come and go as you please. That's not the way it works here. Now, and, and yeah, not only before social media, but also before uh, uh, um, iPhones, before, mm. uh, you know, the whole idea of Wi-Fi, the, the concept that you could just set up shop anywhere in any Starbucks, right? Yeah, yeah. And do journalism and, and make things happen. So, you know, if we want to talk about how things have changed in 10, 11, 12 years, hmm. it's a fact that today, you know, editorially speaking, you know, I, I can pretty much run an entire news organization out of my pocket. That's what 1236 Fair. is. That's yeah. what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, now, in order for this to work, I have to be part of a bigger publishing Empire, sure. And that's where St. Joseph Media comes in. Mm-hmm. So as a result, you know, I get to work with uh, a lot of great people there. I'm not taking up a, a lot of their time right now. Mm-hmm. You know, hopefully, as things get more successful, I'll be, you know, worth more of their energy and enthusiasm. But but it's because of this deal. I mean, not only can I can I get paid 
you know, not only can we, you know, make this a professional thing where, where you know, they'll be able to count on me to get up every morning and make the magic happen, um, but, but also, uh, you know, the fact that I work with a great editor at Toronto Life, you know, that's what he does uh, for most of his job at St. Mm-hmm. Joseph. Toronto yeah. Life being, you know, their flagship Toronto magazine. Life. Torontoist, I think, as well. Yeah, Torontoist as well is, yeah. is part of it. Other, other magazines as well, Fashion Magazine, mm. uh, Wedding Bells. Quill and Choir, which is a book industry yeah, publication yeah. that's been yeah. around for a hundred years. Yeah. Um, so yeah, okay. uh, they're they're providing the the support and the the engine for for what I'm doing. Um, so so I'm, I'm I'm part of Toronto Life. Mm-hmm. You know, everything that that I put out in the newsletter is is looked over mostly by Steve Kupferman, a great editor at Toronto Life. Uh, David Topping, uh, you know David that Topping's name. name? Yeah, he's yeah. been around for a while. At 19, 20 years old, he started running Toronto with. So, so we've got a bit of a, a parallel, okay. right, okay, to being okay. that young punk who came in and <laughs> took over something that no one knew what to do with. Yeah. Um, uh, Ken Hunt, the the publisher of of Toronto Life. He's the one that put me up to this. I had history with all these people. I saw what they were doing. Yeah. They saw what I was doing. Yeah. So we were able to to put together an arrangement, you know, that was based on a, a, a certain kind of mutual admiration, right? Nice. So it, it's terrific, you know, to, to be a part of that machine. But at the same time, what I'm doing and the way I'm doing it, mm-hmm. uh, it, it, it doesn't really work in the context of, of uh, magazine office. I mean, trust me, I tried to Fair. go in there and do some work. Yeah. Uh, I, I couldn't concentrate. I couldn't focus. I, I couldn't do my thing. I've, you uh, couldn't come concentrate up, on the other guys. Well, I've, I've been doing that. I, I mean, I'm just sitting there. No one was was talking to me. No one even knew who I was. Yeah, <laughs> better that way. Uh, uh, so, so Toronto Life is is, is the mothership. Yeah, uh, uh, to some degree, it's providing a lot of support. And the fact that they've got Toronto was there, we'll we'll have to figure out in the in the months ahead mm-hmm. uh, how it all comes together. I mean, everything is always changing yeah, in this yeah, yeah. Uh, media game. So. Uh, you know, eventually, twelve thirty-six, we'll 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 get more uh, activity, <laughs> more subscribers, me. more more momentum based on mm-hmm. uh, what they want to do with it. But I'm editorially separate, right, from Toronto Life. Fair. I'm I, I'm I'm a distinct entity from Torontoist, mm-hmm. which is itself going through a bit of a transition. So you know, I, I I've got my own media brand, um, but I don't want to be uh, too much in the forefront. Because I learned from all these years on the internet what what my comfort level is. Okay, uh, I I don't know how much I, I want to be a, a, a known name or a recognized face. Yeah. or a, a personality that, that that gets into arguments uh, over <laughs> uh, my my viewpoints. Yeah. So we've we've tried to find and and I think you know c- come closer to perfecting an an editorial voice that mm-hmm. reflects my own tastes and my own biases and my. Okay. Own history, you know, without being entirely tied up in in me. I, I'm 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 trying to be a populist. I want to reach as many people as possible. So so that means having an editorial voice that 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 has mass appeal. So mm. it's 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 not about just catering to to a demographic of people who 
look like me or mm-hmm. think like me or live like me. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, for, for one thing, nobody else does. I, I'm approaching you know, this thing, uh, journalism, media, uh, content in, in a way that nobody else uh, has and, yeah. and nobody else can. I nobody else can do what I'm doing. Uh, so this this might be creating a problem if I, I want to go on a vacation this summer. But, yeah, they've been really good with that as well in, in figuring out what's going on. And they know yeah. that, that, that I'm relentless, right? They know that this is something that I want to make happen um, because I kept trying over and over and over again. Finding the formula, you know, the, the, the platform, the strategy, the approach that would actually uh, make things work. And I, I think the email newsletter uh-huh. has been something that, that we've been able to use you know, to nurture uh, attention that wouldn't have been attainable in any other way. Just posting articles online. If I had written 500 articles mm-hmm. that showed up on a website, you know, what, what – what would have been there in terms of uh, stickiness? How you know how how much equity could have been built up from you know just just having a bunch of uh, postings? No matter how clever they were, no yeah. matter how unique uh, a reputation might be developed, you know h- how would you quantify that into saying that we actually have an audience, that there is actually hmm. a demographic out there, that we actually know who the readers are. Yeah. So in doing the 1236 newsletter, you know, we've, we've been able to say that. I, I know who the readers are. I know they're opening and checking out what 1236 has to say about things. And, and you can see what they're clicking on. I can see what they're clicking on. The surveillance mm. is, is amazing, <laughs> right? Uh, but there's also a privacy policy, and we can't really how violate you, that. How did you land on the newsletter as the, as, as the, as, as the vehicle for this? Like you, 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 you understood that. You could have a domain and you could post articles on that website, but you, you, you know you wouldn't know whether people are paying attention and what they're clicking on, and things could get old after two or three posts. How did you land on? I think the newsletter is the vehicle. Well, it was somewhat derivative because other people had a proof of concept. Okay, so uh, the most dominant one in terms of uh, wider attention has been something called the Skim S K I M M. Okay. It's aimed at uh, millennial women mm-hmm. who – very condescending. Uh, millennial the, women is condescending? No, or? no, no. Okay. Uh, uh, strategically, they say it's it's for an audience that doesn't live in, in the coastal cities, right? So okay. they're, they're middle in middle America. Yeah, middle America, flyover country. Okay. That, that uh, the, the way they explain it is, is, you know, they've been able to find an audience who, who you know, are not hipsters, who don't know, you know, uh, who, who the cleverest writers are out there, okay. who don't read the political punditocracy to find out their information. So mm-hmm. they, 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 they have this idea that if they uh, uh, dumb down the news enough, if they you know put a, 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 a cutesy spin on, on what's happening and, and describe <gasps> world events in, in a way that, yeah, it's sort of condescending, hmm. people have made a lot of money being condescending in the media. You know that that's that's what it's all about. So uh, uh, as soon as the skim started happening, that was definitely uh, an example that was out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, being able to say like, here's a, a, a new media brand, 
and they're using the email newsletter as their vehicle to build audience, to develop attention, and, and, and to establish a reputation, a voice, an identity, right, that, that you couldn't find on any other platform. Hmm. So I, I think that was a, a bit of a tipping point in the fact that this example was out there yeah. and that in talking about email newsletters, we could say, okay, this skim thing seems to be successful. Mm -hmm. It looks to be catching on. Yeah. I don't, they, they've got a whole bunch of venture funding that people feel that, that this is something. Yeah, email newsletter. Very, I mean, I've, I've always heard the idea that people say, you know, control your own brand. Don't put everything up on, on the Facebooks of the world. Um, because that's not your audience, that's Facebook's audience. So, you know, I've heard that, you know, control your domain, control your, you know, your uh, your lists, develop a list. But it, it never sort of occurred to me that then you got to use that list and the way to use that list is through an email newsletter and, and to continually publish that to, I guess, to continue to drive the brand awareness. Well, it goes hand in hand with podcasting, right? Because okay. in order to... Follow your podcasts and, and know what you're up to. You subscribe, do have to yeah. subscribe, right? Yeah. That, that's part of it. I don't know how many subscriptions you have as opposed to people that just hit play on, on the web browser. Mm -hmm. But if people want to listen in a portable way, you know, yeah. they, they have to be hip to how it all works. Mm -hmm. um, there There's uh, maybe been a, a, a complication, right, as far as turning podcasting into a mainstream medium, uh, that the barrier to entry is maybe too high, that it's a, a little bit complicated, right? Fair, with, yeah. with the email newsletter, though, everybody has an inbox. Everybody mm -hmm. checks their email. Yeah. Or maybe they just ignore it. <laughs> let them all pile up. Um, but, uh, yeah, if I could uh, put something out there at, at, at a certain time, very specific minute yeah. of every lunch hour, uh, then... The idea was that I could uh, build up a readership of people that were actually excited. I mean, this is the old principle. You know, tune in at this mm. minute to hear what's happening, yeah. right? And and so landing on this idea of the time, 1236, yeah. making sure that everybody knew that you get 1236 at 1236, um, it, it, it seemed like the way to go. You know, what exactly the newsletter would, would say, you know, what the contents would be be, um, who I'd be writing this for, how we could establish uh, a, a, an editorial voice mm -hmm. and a way of getting it out there with a, as few errors as possible. You know, all this stuff we had to figure out. But two years ago, in May 2015, uh, you know, a, a few dozen people signed up and they got the, the first 1236 email. It, it was a, a, a minimum viable product. It yeah. was, you know, just good enough you know to be seen by the kind of people who could who could bear with us and and come along on a little ride as we uh, found a, a way of designing it uh, laying it all out figuring out how, how how long or short it had to be so it was really from there you know a, a matter of months of, of getting it right you know figuring out the formula uh, how can I make this thing happen how can I put something out there? Mm -hmm. uh, that I'm happy with, that I'm excited about. Um, uh, that took a while. I don't know, a few months, maybe a year, um, maybe here now, two years into the project. You know, only only now am I able to to get up and and, and feel confident that I'm doing something distinctly different that's 
reaching an audience that wants to read it. So, so from here, you know, uh, the idea is is to make it even more accessible, mm-hmm. uh, to reach uh, a wider group of people, you know, who currently don't know about this thing. They don't understand why they'd want to get an sure. email newsletter. Yeah. You know, uh, they don't understand what 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 need this is supposed to serve mm-hmm. but if you're around for long enough if you're part of people's daily media diet just like everything terrific that, that that's ever been created everything original you know that, that anybody ever came up with nobody nobody knew that they wanted this right you know sure. if you, you think like Apple. <laughs> of yeah if you think of all your influences you know where 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 did this come from right yeah. so so if 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 i did this a few hundred times mm-hmm. we'd get to the point where if it all of a sudden disappeared people would start to miss it so mm. 2 years later maybe we're at the point with 1236 uh, that it's something that that can stick around be here for the long haul. But I also know better than anybody, um, trends change, sure. especially online. Mm-hmm. Everything is precarious. I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. This is, what, this is also part of what I signed up for. But, but again, being part of St. Joseph Media, um, and, and they've, they've got a lot going on there you know, in terms of consumer magazines. Yeah. Uh, they also do a lot of uh, custom publishing. So, so I'd, I'd, I'd like to think I'm, I'm doing all right. Like, I'm, like sure. I'm in the loop with the smartest people in town, and, and, and I think that's true because a, a lot of folks migrated there who are working in other places at Post Media, where I worked for, for a little bit mm-hmm. a few years ago. Um, and uh, so, yeah, quite a few people there had a history with the National Post. Um, and uh, others uh, were involved with websites like Torontoist, right, which uh, uh, started off as, you know, uh, a few young people that wanted to start a Toronto branch of this New York website called mm-hmm. Gothamist. Yeah. Um, and they, they did it all for free. There was no idea that anyone would ever get paid. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they built up their own careers. A, a few people that are you know pretty well established in the Toronto media got their start with Torontoist. Um, that ended up uh, changing its its structure and its ownership, and it became part of St. Joseph. So there's a whole legacy there, right? Yeah. That I'm that I'm also following in part of. But at the same time, um, that's not my background. Like that's sure. not my story. No, I, no. I was actually a, a little bit older, right, than a lot of these uh, internet journalism people okay because they 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 were doing it at a time when they could afford to work for free that they could you know take on these jobs that were essentially being some sort of sure. uh, web monkey working in the corner of a newspaper mm-hmm. um i already aged out of that i already <laughs> had all these different experiences you had uh, bills to pay <laughs> a, a little bit uh i mean the whole idea is to keep overhead as l- low as i can sure i'd like my overhead to be a little higher, if we can get to that point. Fair but, enough. Yeah, yeah. I, I worked with uh, iWeekly, right? That was also Tour mm-hmm. Star related. Yep, yep. Um, and, and that was through uh, the mid to late 90s. Returned there again in 2008, 2009, still trying to start a fire and, and make something happen. So I, so I had that history, other uh, web journalism and, and, and writing that I did over time, some attempts at, at freelancing for print magazines. There was a time in Toronto where you could make an okay living, like a student sort of income, just being a, a, a freelance writer for print publications mm-hmm. um, and uh, have your, your byline on them and everything. For the most part, that's sort of gone now, right? That 
economy doesn't exist anymore. If you want to be a freelancer for uh, websites and and you want to be famous, you can sort of forget it. Like there isn't the same opportunity that there used to be. But there are to to be a. Uh, 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 a writer for custom publications hmm. uh, to be somebody that you know writes uh, ad ad journalism, advertorials, yeah. I guess, yeah. sponsored content. That's a term I'm looking for. Yeah, you've heard enough of that. Yeah, I don't know if if that's going to be happening for the long haul, but that was a big trend mm-hmm. uh, in the last few years. Um, and and yeah, I mean, there's there's always a need out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, communications, news, and information. You know. That isn't going away, right? No matter what happens with, with trends in technology, there's always going to be people that need to know stuff. Sure. There's always go. I mean, you know, you, you constantly hear these statistics of how many more people work in public relations compared with traditional journalism, right? That it's all these PR people mm. out there. Um, what is it? Whatever the ratio is. I don't know. It's growing. Three That's to one, sure. four to one. 50 to 1, uh, uh, the, the whole idea to be this this uh, journalist, you know, who, who, who works on the sidelines of society, mm-hmm. uh, that, that you don't have the opportunities that, that you might have once before. Um, so it's exciting to be one of the few people left. I mean, I want to be the last one standing. <laughs> I, I want to be vindicated, right, for, for all the effort that I put in. And that, that really meant establishing my, my own style, my own approach, my own way of doing things uh-huh. and, and harnessing enough interests that, that, that other people could relate to, right? Uh, some of them correspond with my own tastes. You know, other things are, 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 being a little bit performative, right? You just sort of find something to latch onto. Like, I'll, I'll refer to certain topics repeatedly. It's not because I'm I'm personally obsessed with them. Uh-huh. It, it's part of the act. I, you know, you you need something, mm-hmm. right, to 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 excite people about. It. There has to be, you know, some sort of storyline that that you want to transmit, that you want people to follow. So I'll throw things out there on Twitter throughout the day, uh, and, and more and more recently, you know, get get some sort of backlash, like you know, what wh- why do you care so much about this? You know, why are you you know fixated upon this topic? What's wrong with you? <laughs> That's that's all part of the gig. Yeah, yeah. It's part of the game. I have to have so you know, generating the reaction. Yeah, I have to have something. Yeah, you know, to, I totally to, get to that. harp on about. So you know, if I'm I'm, I'm trying to create controversy where where yeah. none actually exists, it's it, it's me looking for material. Mm-hmm. It's as simple as that. That's really, all it is. Yeah, no, yeah, I, just I sort of find it out there in the ether. But there's got to be some substance to the story. Fair enough. Sometimes it means creating it on my own, right? And 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 it also means doing it within the parameters of you know something that's uh, relatively respectable, like. I'm beholden to a standard here. I'm working for a major publishing company. Yeah. The material that I put out in the newsletter, it, it, it has to be accurate. Fair right? enough. I have to run corrections when I make a mistake. I saw that the other day. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's fine. It's fine with me. It's, yeah. it, to me, it's funny. It, it humanizes what's happening. I don't think there's anything wrong with no, no. getting something wrong well, every you, once in a while, as long as it's not as long as it's not serious, as long as it's nothing sure. I'm going to get sued about. Yeah. Well, you can't put out a newsletter any other time. It has to be twelve thirty six. So if there is an error, you got to wait. Well, <laughs> if if there is an error and it's on the internet, if yeah. you're on a website, 
usually you can correct it That's within right. three seconds, yep. and nobody's going to notice, correct. right? Even though, uh, uh, you know, from the New York Times on down, you've got uh, other people out there who are monitoring all the changes, right? They'll they'll uh, uh, follow different feeds, and they'll mm-hmm. be able to tell you when, when a headline was changed, yeah. and they'll put it on Twitter. You know, they'll be, like, real jerky, jerky about the fact that, you know, this <clears throat> story said something – you know, three seconds ago, and now yeah. it says something else, and you know that that that's the way the game is played. But yeah, when 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 I hit publish, when something goes out in people's inboxes, uh, it's 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 there forever. Yeah. Uh, so that's why I have to work with uh, handling editor who looks over. Uh, they look I'm over writing. every issue. Well, they, they look. They have to make sure it. It's all accurate. Sometimes they Fair spend enough. more time looking it over than I spend writing it. <laughs> it. It depends really what the item is. But, yeah, a lot of this stuff is sourced um, okay. from things that are already online. Yes. So what I submit with mm-hmm. the hyperlinks, uh, essentially, uh, it provides footnotes for what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, at this point, this is all very second nature to me, though I, I can see – on the outside, how how this would all seem a bit space age sci fi? Like, what is this writing? Why is all this stuff underlined? Or why are these words in a different color? Mm-hmm. I mean, you understand the idea is that you click and they they yeah. go to another website. Yeah. As I reach uh, a, a wider audience, you know, it might be a lot of people that that don't understand this concept. But that's very much derived from blogging, right? The whole the whole hypertext yes. thing. So. Um, what can I say uh, be, besides that I'm I'm just, you know, out here trying to make it happen in a way that nobody else has? Nice. Everybody talks a big game about finding a new path, right? Uh-huh. How journalism is going to work in the future, right? The uh, old-fashioned uh, print newspaper isn't going to be the delivery system anymore. No. So what's going to happen? We have read so much venting, right? Hemming and hawing. Uh, you know, endless complaining and kvetching on Twitter. That's a Yiddish word. Yes. If you're not familiar. <laughs> um, uh, about how, you know, the, the, the avenues aren't there anymore, um, how uh, the, the diversity isn't being represented in, 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 in media, in journalism anymore, you know, that there has to be, you know, some sort of new path forward. Um, I accept all. All of the above. You know, I, I think it's great to conceive of a, a whole different way of doing things than the ways of the past. Mm-hmm. But I see so little evidence of people actually following through, right, on the ideas that they're they're imagining. So it's huh. easy to rant about the Globe and Mail columnist who you think is a plagiarist and whose opinions are all wrong mm-hmm. and, you know, everything that they think is bad and, you know, how, how they must be eviscerated a, a, as soon as possible. You know, we, we shouldn't have to look at their mugshots anymore. Um, but, but, but what's going to replace that? You know, how, how is it going to be packaged? Yeah, who, who, who are the people who, who know enough about what's happening, who have enough genuine uh, idea you know, uh, uh, of how it all can work, right, who are consistently interesting enough, mm-hmm. capable of finding things that, that, that you didn't know anything about before? You know, I, I, I don't see a lot of those 
personalities out there. I mean, there are a few, right? But the the number who are just blustering about how everything is wrong, about the way the system is working, you know, how it all needs to be blown up, how we we have to, you know, find a way to take down all these people who are ruining journalism – for for all I hear, you know that that that's based on that 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 ranting and raving, this like endless agitation. Um, I don't see much evidence of 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 what's going to replace it. I don't see many examples. I mean, maybe you can think of a few, right? Who who are the younger writers that you that you read that you think of who who have brought something new to to the scene? It's, are, do do any names come to mind? Like people that no. stand out? No? Are you, are you really drawing a blank? No, absolutely. I mean, there's there's very few uh, writers that I will actually seek out to read. But who are the ones that you do seek out? Uh, Morgan Campbell. Okay, yeah, he's great. Yeah, so, so I like reading him. Um, I will, uh, on occasion... Um, read uh, Matthew Ingram, depending on on what he's writing about. Okay, yeah. Now for Fortune, yeah, yeah, for Fortune magazine, and he he's come up with a good racket, right? This whole idea of chronicling the death of the traditional media, yeah. it seems to have worked for him at this rate. I think he can ride this thing straight into retirement. Yeah, and uh, so yeah, it's a lot of pontificating, right? Mm-hmm. I've I've had a, a few run-ins with him. Um, and, you know, they, they, they haven't been the most polite interactions, <laughs> but, 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 but he's a big boy. He can handle it. Yeah. I don't think I can handle it, but no. he, he can handle it. <laughs> but no, that there isn't, uh, you know, I mean, I mean, I remember, you know, being, uh, being younger and, you know, seeking out, you know, specific sports columnists, um, Lawton's, we used to write for the star. I can't remember his first name, but he used to write just amazing stuff. Uh, and back then, I was in love with George Bell and the Toronto Blue Jays. And uh, I can't remember the writer's first name, but I think Lawton's was his last name. Um, Are you thinking who? Uh, um, Gary Lawton's was a longtime star columnist, but that wouldn't be it. He was no. He was like writing about there was another, being a there was another domestic Lawtons, dad. L a u t e n s, I think. Um, but but I remember reading that and always looking forward to his weekend column um, because it wasn't. Here's what happened in the game. It was. He he brought to life characters uh, that you know I, I used to listen to on um, on telemedia sports. You know, listen to Tom and Jerry uh, call the Blue Jays games. But today there isn't uh, a writer that I will go to their website website or go to uh, an article that they've that they've necessarily written um, because I want th- you know I want to go and explore things. I consume media very differently these days. Um, most of the media that I consume is, is, is audible, you know, so if it's, uh, you know, CBC in the, in the morning, uh, when I wake up or whether it's podcasts as, as I'm commuting or working, um, this is how I gather most of my information. Um, you know, I'll, I'll obviously use Twitter, um, to see, you know, headlines and then pick and choose, Various, you know, so I'll follow too many people, but, uh, you know, a specific list of people that I am not really interested in what they're writing about because they're not necessarily writers, but I'm interested in what they're thinking and doing. So I'll follow those. Um, because so, so where does this leave the old-fashioned ink-stained wretch, right? The, the person right. Who, yeah. who, who carefully constructs a column. So you've got someone like Bruce Arthur. Yeah. Right, he got hired by the Toronto Star no, three Star. years ago. They snatched yeah. him away from the National Post. Mm-hmm. Big presence on Twitter, yes. right, and also TSN. Mm-hmm. 
do you actually click through to his column? Will you go through the trouble to read? You know, it depends what, what on what he's, he's writing about, right? So it depends on what he's writing about. So again, there's, I mean, there's very, there's uh, there's one website that I'll go to almost religiously, and that's Blue Jays Nation, a formerly Drunk Jays Talk, Drunk uh, Jays fans, yeah, drunk, yeah, Drunk Jays fans, and because I loved when I when I discovered them, I loved the style, um, and you know, it was very different. But but today there there is I can't think of. Things the other, the only other newsletter so there's your newsletter that I subscribe to and there's Stacy Me Fowles uh, newsletter she talks about baseball and, and writing yeah and, things and like she that. just turned that into a book yeah fantastic so um, there's monetization that's th- how it works you right you know, so so there's right and right and right and and you figure out how to sell it to to the public yeah um, I I like what national I've, I've read a few National Observer uh, articles um, so I I am a I am a supporter in, uh, in theory, I guess of, of media. Okay, Na- National Observer, good example, yeah. right? You had Bruce, yes, Bruce Livesley, yeah, here. just a great guy, just very insightful, and I think there's value in investigative journalism. I think you know whether it is investigating big corporations, whether it is investigating things that are happening, you know, for example, uh, in Canada's. Um, Aboriginal, indigenous communities, uh, you know, I, whether it's investigating what's going on with our political parties and our political system. I think these are very important things for uh, people to know or at least for people to uncover and present. And those who are interested in taking, you know, five, ten minutes out of their day uh, to sit down and, and read, whether it's on their phone or, or their computer screen, um, I think these are important, valuable things. Another one is iPolitics. Is that one ping I, with you? Have you seen that one? I, you know, I've definitely heard about it. Absolutely. Okay, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. I mean, that's that's Ottawa, right? That's a mm-hmm. whole idea, uh, kind of hedging against you know the concept that uh, post media Ottawa citizen yeah. you know uh, will will you know eventually uh, fade away. I mm-hmm. mean, the publisher of iPolitics have been. Uh, very vocal about you know not wanting post media to be propped up through through government subsidies. Right? I thought that was very interesting. You know that that the uh, uh, you know that Godfrey you know is 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 begging for money from the government, um, and then the his I guess his reporters, his columnists um, are all um, arguing against CBC funding. You know, when when it's really the same dollar that yeah, they're trying and, to get. Yeah, and and so so whether it's iPolitics or yeah. National Observer or Post Media, they're all taking aim at the CBC, right? Because the CBC has created yeah you know, this the, this massive uh, web content machine, right? Churning mm. out story after story after story. You see That's them right. all day, all night, all the time. Yeah, the. Canadian Broadcasting Act, which dates back to 1991, mm-hmm. says nothing about the idea of CBC becoming like some sort of publisher, right? The whole idea that CBC would be a creator of content that was, you know, based on words and sentences and paragraphs, nobody imagined a, a day when that would be happening. So, sure. you know, here we are that, you know, CBC has managed to uh, soak up so much attention, so mm-hmm. much traffic, so much mind share, right? Just the idea that they can uh, uh, cover the news stories in, in competition with uh, post media, with the yeah. Globe and Mail, with, you know, locally the Toronto Star, with all the privately owned television channels, with all the newspapers in mm-hmm. every, every town in the country. Uh, this wasn't 
part of the plan with the CBC. Do but you, they, they, they just went ahead and did it anyway. Do you think if there was no advertising on any CBC property and it was just publicly funded um, that, you know, the other players would have a problem? Because really, I think they're upset that they're now competing with the public broadcaster for ad dollars. Yeah, and that's been thrown out there as a as a kind of compromise. Yeah, but but it but it also might be too late. You can't necessarily reverse what what's already happened. I mean, if enough people are are dialed in mm-hmm. to what the the CBC is doing online, you know, that's attention that's been taken away from from all these other. Uh, uh, big old-fashioned media brands, and that people uh, like like audiences are are less likely to think of something like the Ottawa Citizen of having any relevance anymore. But I think you can I I think you can change what you actually cover. Like I think the CBC is I think public Brock, I'll, I'll leave the the brand of CBC out there because there's also in here in Ontario TVO, um, and I don't know if any other provinces have a, a provincial broadcaster, but. I think public broadcasting has a place. I, I think they have. I think it has a value. I don't think that any other private uh, broadcaster or publisher would um, have broadcast, for example, um, the full tragically hip final concert. Uh, nationwide. I don't. Well, yeah, and I think they did a good job of brainwashing you into believing that. Because I, the whole thing was a promotion for the CBC. They wouldn't shut up about it. I'm, oh, not, say, sure. I'm not saying it was a bad idea. Yeah. But, but I, 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 think I think there was some, yeah. some cynicism, right, in, in this whole concept, right? That Like the CBC would, would put on this uh, tragically hip show mm-hmm. and, and they would essentially use it as, as a prototype to uh, show – to the uh, Trudeau Liberals, a federal government, right? Sure. Look, look at what we can do yeah. here at the CBC. But I think we can examples. we can stitch the entire country together. Yeah. you know, entirely based on, on the unfortunate diagnosis of, of yeah. one rock star. Fair enough. And but I they, think there's they other pulled, things. They they might have even pulled it off. By the way, don't get me wrong. I think there's other things that they've done well. Um, you know, there's there's you know two or three CBC podcasts that that I think have have covered topics or have created shows that you won't necessarily have other, um, you know, private uh, broadcasters, you know, put together, whether it's Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women um, that Connie Walker put together um, or or whether it is, I can't remember the name of this gentleman, but he did um, um, Somebody Knows Something, uh, two seasons of that. Um, you know, so there's, there, there's examples. I, I think they should get out of hockey. Um, I don't know if I'm just saying they're, they're, that. They're not really in it, though. They're not in it, but maybe I'm just tired of Don Cherry. <laughs> but that's a, that's a different topic. Yeah, but that, that's all subject. through Rogers. What do you think of the CBC making time every year to, to run Happy Gilmore on a Saturday night, which they did a couple of weeks ago, the, the annual screening yeah, I, I, of the I, Adam Sandler yeah, golf I, classic? Yeah, I, I, think, I, I think that they can do better than that. They should do better. I'm of the opinion that they should you know, do a lot of local stuff, do, do focus on Canada. Um, you know, so, you know, we can say they shouldn't do this, they should do this. And I'm sure it's a much bigger beast to try to figure out. Um, but you know, there's some great stuff. There's some great content. Otherwise I wouldn't be consuming, uh, you know, CBC, whether it's on their website or their podcast or, you know, their morning show. Uh, what do you think of BuzzFeed 
or Vice. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a there are a whole bunch of others yeah. out there, but those are those are the two that specifically have a presence in Canada. They have Toronto offices. I think it's fantastic. I, th- I think the more I'm, I'm not a big fan of these listicles and cat videos and all that sort of stuff. You know, I know that's maybe how they. I know I'm generalizing, but I know that's maybe how they got started. But I think the value that they bring to journalism, the value that they bring to developing really smart content is 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 a good thing absolutely how about uh aol huffington post and and yahoo which are now merging into one company now these were the uh uh, platforms that you know came out of like the mid to late 90s this is the the old school right internet themselves i think they have to reinvent themselves i think you know yahoo for example has a number of properties that are really popular like yahoo is my place to go for mma news um you know, but that that's just me. Um, At least you admit it. Yeah, you know, and it's very interesting. You know, I mean, they've got popular properties, um, whether it's valuable or not. To me, no, but to other people, maybe. I don't know. Um, but yeah. It, it's Huffington Post, did, uh, did that ever register with you as something new and different, innovative? No, not, no, not really. I mean, no. they they just rebranded. It's not True. Huffington anymore. It's HuffPo. HuffPost. <laughs> it's HuffPost now. HuffPost. Um, so uh, uh, with that, uh, you know, trying to establish themselves as a more credible outlet than they were in the past, moving away so. from the whole clickbait thing. Um, and, and trying well, that's how they to, got to, yeah, that's, it's interesting. Trying to be more serious because it, it's not just about the raw web traffic anymore. It's, it's, it's about... You know, uh, creating a, a, a reputation, mm-hmm. like uh, uh, burnishing this image uh, of of having a, a, a credibility, being being sure. legitimate. Yeah. You know, representing a, a, an aesthetic. You know, that that's more sophisticated than just you know regurgitating what what somebody else wrote online. Well, I, I think... you know, prowling Instagram and looking for some celebrity snapshots and turning that into a web post uh, like, yeah, like uh, we'll probably be seeing a, a little right? bit yeah a little bit less of that in the future but I, i'm glad i had the 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 opportunity to participate in it when it was sure. sort of a thing you know yeah. i went to work at post media when they they weren't sure about how things were going to work and it was just like i don't know just we have a website here it was canada.com just do whatever what a brand to have figure out what we should do with this website yeah. just post anything that you think sort of fits the sensibility not that we know what what that sensibility is supposed to be yeah but you seem to know what you're doing so you can <laughs> figure it out that was the extent yeah. of direction from the from top them. at post media when i was there but yeah i got to work with some spectacular people, a, a, a couple of whom went on to, to BuzzFeed and, hmm. you know, are, are very much providing uh, uh, the voice uh, for, for what happens over there. You know, and, and you know, some of it is uh, predictable, you know, just based on, you know, spinning what, what they think will get some clicks. But when you have somebody who, who's, who's got enough talent and, you know, uh, original imagination you know eventually that shines through right mm-hmm. so even if they're just going through the motions of you know feeding the beast and and, and coming up with uh, you know uh, whatever will bring some eyeballs to the the website you know i, I think uh you know if someone has enough cleverness you know they'll, they'll be able to 
transcend uh, all, all the cliches, and they'll be able to come through. And those will be the ones who who are still around when when the next thing happens. Yeah, you know, those are the ones who will be able to actually have careers. You know, ma- make something out of themselves in this game. Now, there's a lot of churn, right? You know, this whole. Uh, internet journalism thing in, in, involves, you know, uh, eating its young. You know, I- entire generations of uh, people have, have come and gone. Gawker, right, when, when that originally what are started. Your, what are your thoughts on, on Gawker's demise? Well, I, I, I Good mean, thing, it's, bad it's, thing, it's, couldn't it's care lamentable. Less. I, 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 I think uh, the idea that Gawker as, as a brand, you know, represented something that had to— uh, exist on this one specific website under this banner, I think that's been a little overblown because the writers have been able to, you know, move on to uh, different platforms and new okay. careers, um, and they're still sort of figuring that out, right? Gawker, the assets of Gawker, mm-hmm. all the websites, they were bought by Univision. Um, and uh, okay. are you familiar with all the different websites from Gawker? Gizmodo, Lifehacker, oh, I didn't Jalopnik, know okay. uh, Jezebel. I've heard of all of these. Deadspin, yeah, yeah. right? Th- those all built up enough of an audience that they were worth tens of millions of dollars. Yeah. Um, and, and, and now they're trying to, to figure out how to, how to reconfigure the whole thing. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, that that's all... Uh, inside baseball, but yeah, I think uh, you know the 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 era of Gawker had a specific time and place. Mm-hmm. You know, it was uh, very much based on you know New York City of the mid aughts, uh, and uh, Nick Denton, you know, who was the the guru behind behind the whole thing. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, he's very much into the, this this old school tabloid journalism, right? Yeah. He 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 found the the different characters like personalities who 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 were too eccentric to be hired anywhere else and mm-hmm. and and he gave them like uh professional credentials um they they perfected a style you know that that no one else had had figured out how to do before now here i am trying to uh, express myself as as one of those people like i'm i'm trying to get into the hall of fame right when it's <laughs> written about like you know who were the who who were the bylines in the first part of the 21st century who who defined what we were doing you know i'd like to think at least by now within uh toronto if not uh canada i'm not going to say north america <laughs> And it's a pretty big world out there, yeah. but you know, I, 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 I definitely want to be known as 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 one of those who made it happen, one of mm-hmm. those who found an approach, you know, that 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 no one else figured out. So, twelve thirty six, right? That that's the platform yeah. right now. That's the way we're we're making it happen. Um, you know, I might have to prove myself a few more hundred times. There might be another— As things change. Uh, there might be know. another thousand newsletters uh, CBC left might, to go. Yeah, CBC might come up with a newsletter, and then you're screwed. Yeah, but they can't. <laughs> you see, this is the thing. I, 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 I've I, got the secret sauce, right? Nice. The formula, uh, which can't be replicated. Now, that doesn't mean that, that I'm discouraging anybody else from coming up with something of their own, right? But— and and an email newsletter that yeah. might that might be the best mechanism. Uh, there are, there are other newsletters out there. There's yeah. two. There's two based in Toronto. One's called Pressed News. Pressed News. 
Another is called the Bullet. So I mentioned the Skim earlier. Yeah, yeah, These yeah. are Toronto iterations, you know, entrepreneurs who are trying to do that audience, but, okay. but do it, you know, for this city and this yeah. country. So they're definitely out there. I subscribe I'm to another one. Yeah, no, I subscribe to another one by a friend of mine, Mark Evans. Um, but his is like on tech and startups and stuff like that. So yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and there's trend watchers everywhere. That yeah. that uh, twelve thirty six on Twitter. Mm-hmm. You know, I I usually try and and keep it to stuff that relates to the newsletter, things that I've talked about before. Yeah, things that we're going to uh, discuss the next day. Yeah, workshopping some uh, one liners that that maybe I'll commit to print. Nice. Um, and uh, at the same time, you know, I I also like the idea of of having a, a, a newswire like a a running commentary curated uh, outlet, you know, where where I'm where I'm following the trends, and that you know uh, I can be recognized and acknowledged and regarded, you know, for for being on top of things. For I sure. don't know I don't know who I'm trying to impress, right? Like if I <laughs> if I if I tweet like you know uh, twenty, thirty, forty times a day, yeah, what do you think of me? Like what kind of impression am I am, am I giving here? Because I I'm not I'm not trying to get into arguments with people, right? Yeah. I, I I'm not trying to further some sort of uh, a specific it's ideology. Just, yeah. To me, I see you as your this is your sandbox. You're trying to see what works, what doesn't work, what generates attention, so that you know, okay, this this is the sort of whether it's a headline or topic or discussion people are really gravitating towards that goes on the newsletter, and you know. It's, uh, I get it, you know. It's and it's also fun, you know. I'm, I'm sure you're not there saying, "Man, this just sucks." I'm having a a bad time. I'm sure you get some happiness out of out of a lot of the things that you do, which is fine. You're not hurting anybody, you know. So then, what do you make of people that use Twitter to try and 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 further some sort of uh, ideological uh, uh, standpoint? Like the people who are convinced, yeah. right, that they're going to use 140 characters at a time yeah. to to change people's minds, to transform the way that they think about things, right? That if you if if you leap upon every news event, every every discussion topic, everything that's happening in society, yeah. and you and you make sure to register your displeasure with. With what's happening yeah. that that you're somehow uh, uh, helping to change the world and and, and you know uh, uh, transforming society right and that that everybody needs to know your hot take about everything that ever happens what do you think of those people let them talk you think well i i mean, I, I mean I don't a lot mind. of what a lot of what i'm doing yeah. right is is fueled by my contempt for that right i i i want to be on twitter yeah. to make twitter better than it is i i i i'm i'm not looking you know to get into these uh, trolling games yeah um you know the the, the certainly look if you uh, think that this is going to be you know your own safe space and you know you you feel that you have a right to uh, uh, spout off about whatever you want, and you know criticize everybody for not thinking the way that you think they should think. Sure, uh, sure. You you okay? You certainly don't deserve to be harassed for that. You know you you don't you 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 don't need to you know like then, personally attack. Yeah, you right? don't need yeah. to like fear for your life. 
Fair enough. You know, because yeah. you can't hold back on a certain opinion. I, I think we I, agree I, on just, that. I, I just wonder what, what, what it's all for, right? So, so whether it's like through social media, yeah. through through clickbait articles, you know, through the whole process of public shaming. Like, I don't think this whole experiment is going very well. Well, I think it's. I think there's there's a difference between um, those people who, um, and we'll use Twitter as the platform for this conversation. Uh, I think there's a difference between those people that just tweet about it and those people that are actually doing something on a regular basis. And I'll I'll just pull out one example. And and you know, so one example is Desmond Cole. So he's he doesn't just live on Twitter, right? He's got a uh, a, a weekly show on Ten Ten CFRB. He he writes, uh, I think, a, a biweekly or a weekly column uh, in the Toronto Star. Um, you know, he's written or is writing a book. He's he's been part of a, uh, a a documentary. He goes so his his life is is all around. You know, so so there's no difference. Maybe I'm sort of mixing up my words here, but you know where Desmond Cole stands, whether you read an article or see a tweet, right? And, and So is it okay to call that a, a, a successful exercise in personal branding? Or is that is that too snarky given the fact that yeah. he's trying to do something important? Yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't think it's personal branding. I think this is just you know things that he believes in, things that he's passionate about. And whether well, it's I mean, on... you see it on the right and the left and all points in between, right? Yeah. And, and you know, it's people with opinions you agree with, and it's sure. people who, whose opinion you find odious. Yeah. But, but, you know, the whole idea that you're in this arena of, uh, of free speech. But those people that, you know, have an egg as their icon, um, who you don't know their real name, um, and all that they do is just bash people, whether they're coming from the right or the left— I don't have time for them, but I'll I'll give them their their space to do and say what, what not do say what it is that they want to say. Did they come looking for you though? No, oh, no. you're a no one benign presence. <laughs> no one looks for me. You're only on there <laughs> for the good times. Um, look, I, I mean, it comes down to uh, uh, you know being being uh, consumed with information. Like yeah. that's what I'm in this for. Hopefully, I don't age out of it. Like if if you're you know if if you're in the business of 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 aggregating news and reflecting what's going on, uh-huh. you know uh, I I would like to believe that it's something that you never get too old for. As long as you're enjoying it, right? Yeah, this is maybe my insecurities talking here. <laughs> as you know, an aging Gen Xer, like you know, all these young millennials are gonna come along, and you know they're going they're going to take over and 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 leave me with nothing left. To say, I know that I have been the target of a lot of scorn, right? Okay, because let's, because let's there's there's that. an there, there's an assumption, yeah, right, that yeah. I that I represent some sort of like old guard sensibility, some kind of mindset that needs to be stopped, um, and, and that couldn't be further from the truth, right? And 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 a lot of times, like I'll have people who are sort of engaging with me, right, yeah. on the basis that they think I can sort of help them. Um, and, and uh, you know that that I can like be some sort of a, assist to their career, uh, and, and then when it turns out that they, that they don't necessarily agree with me, or that mm-hmm. I you know represent something that they can't relate to, they'll they'll actually turn against me 
and they'll actually decide that I represent everything that's wrong. And they'll unsubscribe to the newsletter, uh. and they'll unfollow 1236 on Twitter, and, and suddenly I, I've lost a friend. I'm bereft. Somebody out there that I was, you know, interested in, willing to go to bat for, it doesn't matter if I agreed with them on everything that was happening. Uh, may, you know, uh, maybe maybe I, 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 I was silently judging them. I'm... I'm <laughs> I'm capable of processing, you know, sure. different different ideologies. I, I mean, you know, the more I talk about this, you're probably wondering uh, what my ideology actually is. I'll I'll tell you this, Mark. I've, I I I think I was curious, but then I said, you know what? It doesn't matter because he's just sharing shit. Sorry, shit's not the right word. You know what I'm saying? He's just sharing stuff, and and so I said, you know what? I don't know if he's left. I don't know if he's right. But I said. It doesn't really matter because he's not a he, number one. He's, he he doesn't attack anybody. Um, he doesn't put anybody down. He he does things that I've done a few times on Facebook. And you know what? I can respect that. And and doesn't matter that you have to agree or with everybody to be a friend. I mean, I would hope that um, in my close circle of friends that I have, that if somebody disagrees with me, that we have the um, that we're adult enough and mature enough. To actually try to understand each other rather than saying, no, nope, no, I, I can't agree with you because I don't believe this. That's fine. You don't have to agree with me, but but do we understand where each of us is coming from? And so I've long, long time ago stopped worrying whether somebody voted for a red party or a blue party, whether you're north of the border or south of the border. That doesn't matter to me anymore. Okay, so in this market, right, yeah. Toronto, yeah. I mean, the the only thing I ever wanted to be yeah. was, like, the, 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 the most copious consumer of, of mass media. Mm -hmm. Like, all I ever wanted to be known for was, yeah. was this idea that I would be on top of everything, ever. Yeah. That I would be, like, so dialed in that nobody could touch me. That I would know more about what was happening at any point in time than anybody else. Yeah. That 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 that's all that I wanted. Yeah. Like that was that and was th that th was my only goal. That was my main dream. Yeah. That was my that that was my only aspiration. I wanted I wanted to get there. Yeah. I just felt like that was something do that I could do. Do you think you've reached that, or do you think you are? Someone who is dialed in more than more than many people. Well, here's the problem, most. right? The the work is never done. No, it's not because there's it, things change. There's time. always so there's always more that you have to know. <laughs> so this is going to go on forever. forever. I hope I hope I live long enough, right? But I, but but <laughs> I, I, I mean, so so in taking all of this stuff in, right? There, yeah. there there's going to be some opinions that I express that that mm. aren't always going to be positive. Sure. Well, positive depending upon your frame of mind and your viewpoint, right? You know, so so it might be positive to someone else, and it might be negative to somebody else. So I else. just think it's hilarious, right? You're 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 so pointing out what something somebody is doing. That's you right. Know, usually an institution, yeah, rather than an individual. Um, and and you know, uh, just. Wanting to have a laugh about what's happening. I mean, this is like the foundation, right? Of uh, of all satire. You know, there there's like uh, is that? Do you think you're doing satire? Is that is that sort of your? I, I think I think that's at the root of interesting uh, of of what I'm doing. I think that's okay. the whole sensibility. A lot of that has been categorized as snark, right? And and that's a bit of an 
outdated word at this point in time. Uh, and it, it, it's something that, that's, that's a little bit diabolical. But I'd rather be snarky yeah. than smarmy, you know, which is a whole other problem. I think a lot of the political columnists, especially the ones on Twitter, I think you would define what they do as smarm. Hmm. It's about uh, projecting Fair this enough. idea that, 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 I'm cleverer than you. Yeah. You know, that I see things that you can't see, that I recognize the truth, you know, and, 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 and you are all beholden to me and <laughs> my perception of things. Um, so I, I think you get that attitude from political columnists. But yeah, and, and when I was on the uh, Canada Land podcast with, with Jesse I was Brown, wondering when we were going to get there. Yeah, well, so, well, yeah, so that was the same thing, right? Sort of like he, you know, I don't know why it's sort of like him projecting something upon me. You know, this whole idea that, I, that I'm only in it to 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 cause harm to other people like that that you know i sit there all day and night you know in in front of a screen trying to figure out ways to like make people's jobs more difficult when what i'm actually doing is 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 looking for something great i'm trying to find that needle in a haystack that did did you you know one thing that inspires me that's worth highlighting the 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 next afternoon in the newsletter were you guys ever like very good friends no, not at all. Never. No. <laughs> but there, there's. I've it was, only it, met him once. I, I'm, in the show that was I'm this? as close to him as I am with you. <laughs> I just. It was a very weird and interesting episode because he was like, "You're his guest," but he never spoke. Like there, there was no. Oh, good. I'm going to find out about Mark and what he's doing and and how that's an addition or how that's adding to the whole conversation about media in Toronto slash Canada. But it was like you were just there. Like to, it was so it was a very interesting because you were asking him why am I here what are we going to do here and he was like you were like it was just a very strange episode it was it was it was a funny episode because I just kept on laughing at 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 both of you going at each other but without going at each other if you know what I mean okay well obviously there's a, a little bit of mutual admiration right and and, and I would think you guys would be close because you're doing very different. You, you're, you, I don't want to say different things because there's other people that do newsletters, other people that do podcasts, but you've all been to some degree successful at doing something outside of the norm. But at the same time, I've I've also been doing this long enough to know uh, uh, where the limits are. Like I think you know there was one point where I imagined that I I, I would be in in mass media, do this work in journalism, sure, um, and as a direct result of what I was doing, that my obsessions would somehow provide me with a personal life, right? And okay. that, that never happened. <laughs> like, and, and, and by now, I'd, I, I'd be ridiculous if I was expecting it. Uh, that, that, you know, somehow, like, I, I, I would find my tribe, you know, and, and we mm-hmm. would all sort of, you know, sit together and, I don't know, uh, look at Twitter, like, <laughs> sit around a table <laughs> You know, and we would we would shout things to one another. You know, feel like we were really clever. Um, dream on, like <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. and 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 when it when it actually you know comes to the things that you that you need in life, mm-hmm. like some sort of nurturing existence, um, the the. Uh, journalists that I've worked with, the, these are the last people that you want to turn to, mm. you know, to, to help you out in any sort of uh, personal way. Yeah. You know, you're, you're in terms of like your, your 
uh, hierarchy of needs. Sure. Whatever, sure, sure. Whatever, whatever it is that you know you you have to have going on to have a fulfilling life. Yeah. I haven't found that at all mm-hmm. in 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 journalists or journalism. Okay. Media culture. There's so much backstabbing that goes on, right? I, I mean, people that I've known for for years, mm. for decades. Yeah. You know, they're 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 always trying to find a way to 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 undermine whatever another person is doing, and I'm sure I've done it as well. Yeah. There's no camaraderie. Why is there, that? There's no. It's it, it's all about it's all about backstabbing. It's all about finding a way to to make somebody is it that, else is it, is it that competitive? look beneath you. Is it that competitive? I'm not sure if it still is anymore. You know, uh, uh, there there might be these workplaces where where everybody feels like like they're dedicated to a specific cause. Yeah. Uh, you know that they're they're engaged in you know some sort of uh, activism that there's mm-hmm. you know uh, an ideology that they're trying to further. But yeah, uh, for the most part, I I, I think uh, the relationships are are rooted in friction. Um, and hmm. you will never be happy if you're trying to become a, a, a better person through through the <laughs> culture of the media. Yeah. I, I I don't think it happens. Yeah. I mean, uh, obviously uh, there there are a lot of people that I've gotten to know as individuals. Sure, sure, you know, sure. A few of them who I've been able to confide in. Yeah. You know, and and relate to on a on on, on a more direct level. Mm-hmm. Um, but it. It, it, it's certainly not through, you know, going through the motions of uh, talking about, like, uh, what everybody is, is up to today. Mm-hmm. Um, because when I have these discussions, you know, it's all about finding fault in what everybody else is doing. Ah. Don't get me wrong. I'm totally into it. I'm all up for, like, <laughs> a, a, a bitch session, yeah. you know, about, about what's bad out there yeah. um, and, you know, who's not getting it. What's going wrong? Um, but I, I can do that virtually, right, with, with colleagues, right? We do it, like, through a Slack chat. Ah, yes. If, if uh, we've got something to say to one another that's yeah. mostly, you know, dishing on, on what's going on somewhere else in the industry. And, and, and that's enough for me. I, I, I think I know better by now than to, you know, confuse that for some sort of nurturing personal life. Well, let's, let's end it off with, with this uh, quick discussion, um, or, or maybe it'll be long. Um, what, what is, you know, you, you follow, you've got your pulse on what's happening um, in Toronto for the most part. Um, what is great about Toronto? <clears throat> Or what things are great? Well, I was born and raised here, right? Okay. And that was mostly in the uh, borough of North York. Okay. Then it became a city. Yeah. Um, and uh, where I lived was uh, around uh, Shepherd and Leslie. That was one intersection that's come up a couple times yeah. in the news. Yeah, 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 yeah. There was uh, the Peace Lady, a woman that used to stand there uh, beneath the North York General Hospital and bless the traffic as it was passing by. She she died a couple of weeks ago. My brother was born at that hospital. After uh, She lived for decades in the ravine at really? uh, Leslie and Shepherd. Yeah, that okay. was, to me... Uh, a great story, only because I was familiar with That's her area. from That's growing your neighborhood. up. Yeah, yeah, but she was on the front page of the Toronto Sun as well, in okay. tribute to her. So, um, and and Bayview Bayview and York Mills that was another 
uh, intersection near mm-hmm. where I live. Does this is this familiar with you? Or I you live, were I live just were, north of York Mills right now. Okay, so yeah, uh, or Ellesmere now. You're all so. about Scarborough, right? Yeah, okay, yeah. So you're 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 here representing Scarborough. I mean. <laughs> In downtown Toronto, representing. Were you? Representing are you in Norm Kelly's ward? He you is, have that misfortune. He is. He is my counselor, and I. I, I have. Oh, a, my condolences. I have a. He's got decent staff. Um, I'm very disappointed in in him. I'm disappointed in Tory. Um, yeah, I think they can do better. Well, the city council term used to be three years, right? And it turned to four in, yeah. in 2010. Yeah, you know Rob Ford was the first mayor that was elected for four years, and look look at how that turned out. Mm-hmm. But in the system that existed prior to uh, uh, twenty ten, uh, three years, it would have been time for an election again, right? So the council that yeah. that's on now is but I, I is, think... is already uh, exhausted. I, I mean, it, it you know it would be a good time the for ward, a renewal. I know the wards are changing. Um, yeah, so because I was talking to one of his staff at an event we did uh, in our local park. Um, and his staff was telling me that he might not be the counselor in this in in our area because his ward is moving further east. Um, but yeah, so that should be that. It'll be interesting. Okay, it'll, but but Toronto as a whole, I mean, look, everything it, it, it's all happening, right? I I walk down here down uh, uh, Jarvis Street to mm-hmm. to get uh, here to the Pacific Junction Hotel. I saw the I hate rubber boots guy. You know what I'm talking about? No. A guy named uh, uh, Wesley. Okay. Wesley Waiters, although I don't think that's his real last name. He 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 walks around uh, wearing rubber boots. Yeah. And a T-shirt, uh, maybe a hoodie. I think he also has a jacket. He's, he's got something for all seasons. Written on it, I hate rubber boots. So he's been uh, spotted, you know, for, for months and months all over Reddit. This is hilarious. Uh, the Weird Toronto group on Facebook. The I Hate Rubber Boots guy. <laughs> so as I was descending down Jarvis Street to yeah. see you here, I had my first ever sighting of I Hate Rubber Boots. <laughs> Snapped a photo. Yeah. Knowing, you know, fully well that that that, that he was used to this, like like you know, uh, just like tacit permission. Oh my goodness! By the fact that I saw him, that I could just like stick the, uh, the uh, phone right guy. in his face. Yeah, it's like you know, rite of passage. This is this is what he's in it for to to make people happy. So yeah, as as I saw, uh, I hate rubber boots for the first time ever. I thought this 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 is terrific. This is Toronto yeah. in 2017. You know that that I. That I can see a, a, a meme like this all over That's the place hilarious. for months and months. Yeah, you know, fantasizing about the <laughs> day in which I'd finally get my sighting of the "I hate rubber boots" guy. Yeah, it's a good thing my phone was charged. You know, a few yeah. minutes before on the way down here because I was able to put it on Twitter. You know, you never forget your first time. So I had an encounter with uh, Wesley. Uh, Wesley nice. Wesley Waiters. Wesley so now Waiters. that I now that I mentioned it, let's see if you can get through the summer without seeing. Because I, I think this is his turf. Because someone else mentioned he was at the No Frills, the No Frills that's in the National Post Which building. Is down that area, no, yeah. the one that the one that's north of here at, at, at okay. Sherborne and and uh, um, Sherborne and Bluer. Okay, right. So okay. I, I think I think we're 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 we're, we're on his turf. Good. We're in his we're in his terrain. Um, but yeah, I mean, look the 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 city uh, uh, booming like like never before. I mean, mm-hmm. there there's so many things to notice. 
that weren't there a few years ago. And I'm sure you have this experience all the time, too, right? Yeah. Like, hey, the Globe and Mail building, where did that come from? Where did, yeah, yeah where, now <laughs> I'm going to walk by that way. This is... That is the Globe and Mail. Yeah, uh, uh, and, and uh, I mean, you know, just to... I thought they were down, like, near the Sky Dome. They were That's... for years and years, like like for 40 years. So then they just moved years. up here, then. This must be recent, then. As right? of December. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. The bright okay. lights of the Globe and Mail on the top of the building. Yeah. Canada's national newspaper burning itself into your retinas. <laughs> um, so so I think, uh, you know, noticing uh, all, all the transformation that, that, that's going on and the fact that I grew up here, so I can also see, you know, all sorts of uh, uh, landmarks that I recognize, you know, from, from my youth. Are you still in the North York area? Or? No, now I'm, I'm like uh, Forest Hill. Okay. But I... I that you bump into Drake it often? Well, or? that doesn't mean that I, 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 I'm hesitant <laughs> to say it because that doesn't mean that I live, you know, in, in a, a detached estate that I own in Forest I, I saw the car you drove up here. <laughs> There's no car. But that, that, that's, that's one of the, the, the remarkable things about yeah. Toronto, right? And, and, and for, for years and years, I, I, I've lived in apartments, you know, uh, essentially, you know, un, unglamorous uh, accommodation, but in a neighborhood where, where all the rich people live. So I could always afford, right, to, nice. to scrape by, yeah. knowing that, you know, right outside my doorstep, I, I could uh, hang out with, with the rich and uh, want to be famous, right? <laughs> all, all, the, all the real housewives of Toronto cross my path, cross your path. <laughs> uh, up there in, in, in Forest Hill Village. But, um, yeah, because, uh, you know, I, I have that history here in Toronto, you know, uh, I don't know if you feel this way. Maybe sometimes I, I get a little territorial, uh, sort of uh, protective about the fact that I was here first. You know, before all these townies that moved here from the 905 or the 705 yeah. or, you know, like distant parts of northern Ontario who, you know, come to Toronto, the big city. Yeah, you know, yeah. they, they've heard there's a, 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 a rainbow in Toronto where the... Uh, where the Maritimers find gold. That's an SCTV reference. You, you may not understand. Um, and, and, you know, I, I think when, when we hear about a lot of uh, uh, tensions in Toronto, when, when we, you know, when we hear about, you know, uh, uncouth behavior, you know, mm -hmm. people who, who don't respect the social code of the way things uh, work in this city. For example. It usually manifests itself in something involving racism mm. uh, or... Uh, sexism or, you know, something that uh, a bar posted on Instagram that created a bunch of outrage. Yeah. You know, usually, you know, my, my, my radar goes off and I see someone that doesn't really respect the way things work, right, in, in like, a, a, a major metropolitan city. Like, how people uh, uh, respect one another. Mm -hmm. Like, if you uh, were born and raised in Toronto, mm -hmm. you know, that, that you understand that this is a multicultural place yeah and you know it, it doesn't it doesn't rattle you yeah. you know this is not like a a new sensation that you're around different people from from different backgrounds and yeah. you know creeds and colors and, and and religions that are all around you that you you might not be so uh, uh familiar with but but you know if, if this was your city if this is you know where you were from i i think i think a comfort is ingrained within you. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I, I'm, I, I'm not saying that, you know, all these uh, small town people who moved to Toronto should be deported. 
but I, I, I think when, you know, uh, a, a lot of antisocial behavior gets exposed, I, I, I think uh, a lot of times it's it's reflection uh, of the fact that um, the people here don't don't understand the society well enough. Mm-hmm. Like they're new in town. Yeah. You know, and, and the whole idea that you have to respect other people's spaces is is maybe a little bit alien to them. Mm-hmm. Or they move here and they, you know, go to somewhere like uh, Liberty Village, yeah. uh, um, the City Place condos, you know, Trinity Bellwoods Park. Yeah. You know, that's their playground. That's their scene. I don't, I don't know if you know any people that are living that lifestyle. I don't know any of them. Mm. Um They've all moved here, though, right? In the past, like sure, uh, sure. ten or fifteen years. Yeah, um, you know, they 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 they've taken over those areas, and for them, like that's that's what what the city of Toronto is. They don't know about Scarborough, right? They've never they've never seen Etobicoke. That's they've my ne- big beef. <laughs> barely even heard of North York. Yeah. Rob Rob Ford got elected mayor, and and they didn't understand, right? It's like what what's going on here? Mm-hmm. I thought this was some sort of socialist paradise. Yeah. How how can some guy be the mayor? Richard Florida, yeah. you know, who moved here uh, a decade ago. And from, took, is he from the States? Yeah, originally? He, he's originally from uh, uh, New Jersey, okay. in fact, and, you know, uh, uh, taught at, at a few different universities, landed in Toronto. You know, he's he's an intriguing figure and, you know, usually has something to say worth listening to. I uh, so. but, but I think his concept of Toronto was all out of whack. Because he moved here when he was like fifty years old, mm. and I, I don't think he, he he fully understood the the sensibilities that he was he was walking into. Yeah, I, I think I think there's a disconnect between people who live, let's call it the core, for lack of a better term, uh, on on what people who live outside the North Yorks, the Scarboroughs, the Etobicoes of the world experience and and live, um, and then there's sort of a you know, people who live in Toronto with air quotes or the core or downtown believe this and act in, in this way. And and, and the, with the understanding that everyone who lives outside must be this type of an individual or this type of a person. And I think that whether it is the phenomenon of uh, the Ford family um, or whether it is uh, more nationally or internationally, the phenomenon of uh, of Trump I think it's a failure of people to understand that whether you live in a city as as massive and huge in space uh, and in geography um, as as Toronto or whether you live in a a country as large and as different as Canada, that people have different experiences. And just because we live in Canada or Toronto – as our as our mailing address doesn't mean we have the same experiences because it's it's so vastly different and um you know living in Scarborough doesn't mean I support a one subway stop um doesn't mean that I am more right wing than somebody that lives in the core uh, or less left left wing uh it just means that I you know I've got the great fortune of living in Scarborough Working in the north end of the city near York Mill Station, um, being downtown at least once a week, if not more, because we have family that lives just down the street, and having worked in downtown before, understanding that there's different parts of Toronto, different lives lives in Toronto, 
and that I think whether it's people in politics, people in power, um, whether it's people that uh, are putting together initiatives um, to help other people in Toronto need to understand that Toronto's also people that live near the Rouge, you know, people that live in North Etobicoke, close to the airport, and that they're people just like the people in the core, and they their voice is not less valuable or more valuable, but is is just a voice as well. And we might not be able to come to all of the fun stuff, or political stuff, meetings or whatever it is in the core, because we need to head back to whether it's families or other things going at home and we don't have time to come back or participate. Doesn't mean we don't need to be heard. And so anyways, that's my rant. Yeah, and look... It's a great time to be a journalist in Toronto. Yeah. There, I mean, there's, there are still four newspapers that are, are printed every day, right? Five of them, uh, if you, you count Metro, sure. spinoff of, of Tour Star. Yeah. Six of them, if you count 24, 24 hours, yeah. um, although a lot of people wouldn't. But but look, uh, and, and you know, with all the, the radio and television, internet that's going on out there, um, there's more uh, uh, opportunities than ever, right, to, to have your story covered and your voice heard, mm-hmm. you know, and, and if you're, you're not getting an audience, there's social media, you know, there, 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 there's always a way to, uh, you know, uh, say what you, you need to say. Um, and, and if it's compelling enough, right, get the, get the attention uh, of people who can uh, amplify it for you and, yeah. and you know, give you, give you that uh, sort of signal boost. Mm-hmm. So the 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 structural part of 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 journalism right you know the the mainstream media yeah. we've been hearing now for uh, years and years and years i mean we're coming up on a decade right since the uh, 2007 eight recession right which which is always evoked as like you know the turning point in which things were never the same again um you know there's still a lot of disruption uh, mm. ahead there's still a lot of transformation that needs to take place yeah. um but but i genuinely believe that what's you know waiting on the other side will will you know be be distinct and and different enough um that that people will will be able to see themselves reflected uh, like never before yeah. and it, it doesn't matter what their background is. It doesn't matter, you know, what what um, wh- where they came from before they got to Toronto. Sure, um, you know, they'll they'll be able to find some some sort of consensus that there will still be like a like a pop culture that we all connect to. Mm-hmm. You know, that there'll be these threads, that there'll be these memes, that there'll be these storylines. That people uh, uh, can recognize and, and see themselves reflected in. Um, I'm able to find that stuff every day, um, hmm. and I'm only you know I'm only covering like a a, a little corner of it. Yeah. Um, so you know I I think the the future is bright for journalism. Like I I think there are some spectacular times ahead as far as uh, storytelling is concerned. You know, and, and, and part of that also means recognizing that there are all sorts of voices out there, right, yes. that, like, uh, uh, need to be represented and, and, and reflected in, in, in what we're consuming. Um, but above everything else, you know, you need, you need to show that that you're able to say something that that, that no one else has been able to say. Mm-hmm. That you can tell somebody something 
that they weren't able to hear in any other way. Uh, that there, there, there has to be a, a role, even if it's just a few people, you know, who are able to be ahead of the curve. Yeah. Um, so here I am trying to be one of those people <laughs> for Toronto. I can't be the only one. No. no. But I want, I want to think we're creating a template, which, which then can uh, somehow, somehow translate into other projects for the future. So sure. that's what's going on with twelve thirty six. You, you thought this was just a newsletter that some <laughs> guy put together. You you know, while lying in bed. And while to some extent that's sort of true, <laughs> um, it, it, it also reflects a, a, an aspiration, maybe even an agenda uh-huh. to uh, change uh, the way that, that, that the media works and, and uh, see where we're at, you know, tomorrow, the day after, and the day after that, because there's always something new to know. Absolutely. Listen, Mark, thank you so much for coming in. Hey, Karim, it was awesome.